Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. And we're here with a massive, massive guest, man. This guy won minor league player of the year last year for the Chicago Cubs. Is that good? Is that good? I don't know. You tell me. He is the number three ranked prospect and former second round draft pick, Brennan Davis. What is up, Brennan? Hey, how are you? Good, man. Good. I'm just trying to stay busy here in this quarantine. What have you been up to in the quarantine? Let's talk about it right now. What have you been doing? <laughs> well, you know, busy, busy guy, me, just just lifting, hitting and uh, enjoying the links because uh, Arizona is still allowed to golf. So I have to get it in when I can. Well, all the Las Vegas listeners are punching the air right now because uh, as of yesterday, well, I guess last week is when this will drop. Their golf course has got shit canned, canceled. Can't can't be going to the golf courses. So you hate to see it. So let's go into I wanted to talk about you kind your your career when you started out here when you were a kid when did you realize like i am a dog i am nasty at the game of baseball and i'm just putting these little kids in a blender what age was that for you <laughs> um i'd have to say 11 11 you all-stars i was i was pretty nasty and then <laughs> i took I, t- I took a lot of a lot of time off because i was kind of focusing on baseball or basketball baseball was kind of the secondary to me and as things went on more opportunities started presenting themselves in baseball and that was just the road I chose in the end and ultimately I think is the best best situation for me honestly well I mean I would say it was a good decision I mean minor league player of the year last year whatever is that good I don't know you tell me (laughs) so when you were in high school what like what what school were you committed to? Because you had to be committed to a school just to kind of create leverage for your draft stock. So what school was it? Yeah, I was committed to the University of Miami. Let's go, dude. Yeah. That see, that's what I'm talking about. That just you, baby. You were following in A Rod's footsteps. So, and I always wonder this with guys like you that are just like nasty players, draft picks out of high school. That you're obviously going to go to the the major league route. You're going to get drafted and going to go pro. What is the coach like? Does the do you think in in the back of the coach's head he's kind of saying like, all right, I'm recruiting this guy, kind of a little bit of a waste of my time because he's gonna get drafted. He's not going to D one. He's gonna he's gonna go to the show. Like, so <laughs> did you did you kind of realize that when you were getting recruited? And were you like Miami's kind of on the back burner here because I feel like I have what it takes to be a pro baseball player. So I have, I kind of have a funny story. So I I didn't get my first baseball offered till my junior the the very very end of my junior summer and it was like a mid-major school then I went to the area code games kind of went off a little bit got picked up a few more big schools ASU and Washington and I still wasn't committed going into my senior fall like this is like November and people all, all these guys in baseball are committed when they're like sophomores or juniors when they're dogs I was just so late to the scene that it was just like it was like, who is this kid? And I actually had a, I had a MLB agent before I had a commitment to school. So, I mean, I don't really know how that works, but I was just like, dang, I just want to be committed to school. This is getting a little stressful. Like I'm kind of, kind of close. I ended up committing to Miami like three days before the signing deadline. And then I signed in either November, or October. I can't remember when the signing day was, but yeah, I, it was, it was, uh, it all happened pretty fast. It was a busy senior year. I couldn't even imagine. Like I said, I mean, I had two offers. I had offers to Odessa Community College, which is a Texas school. They're probably going to say they didn't offer me because I was so shit at baseball, but they did. A little $500 scholarship <laughs> offer, not a big deal, whatever. Probably had to pay 10 grand to go there still. 
But uh, yeah, so what, what went into your decision to go to Miami here? Because Miami, the U, I mean, we're, we're not going to beat around the bush here. They have pretty good looking women that go there. It's not really, I mean, I'm not going to call it an academic school if you're an athlete. Um, what kind of went into that decision? Did A-Rod reach out to you and say, listen, Brennan, I mean, I see a lot of you in me and I want you to come to the U. So what, what kind of went into that? I mean, that would have been sick, but no, that's not happened. <laughs> <laughs> A-Rod and uh, Jayla were actually at the... <laughs> the football game that I went to, they're up in the whatever that highest suite is up there in the glass box. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. But um, I don't know. I had offers to some Arizona schools like ASU and U of A and then Washington and then a few other ones. But it kind of came down to those four. And I kind of wanted to get out of Arizona because I'd been here all my life. Just, you know, different change of pace, experience some stuff, grow, get out of, get out of the house. And then my mom actually went to Washington, so it'd be like a, I don't know, like a legacy kind of if I went there. So that would have been, but I don't know if I wanted to grind out the winters and the cold and rain, <laughs> getting ready for season. Yeah, yeah. That just does not sound that great. So I don't know. It's kind of an easy choice when I narrowed it down to my top four. Miami's beautiful weather. It's a little humid, but I mean, I can look past that for a beach and Awesome school, unbelievable coaches. The facilities are top notch. It was pretty easy. I love the way, I love the way they ran their program too. I mean, I would have definitely went there too. And w- what went into like, uh, what was the recruiting trip like? Because I know for some schools they do the recruiting trip. They show you the ropes. I mean, you have a couple players bringing you around. Uh, they're showing you the party scene. The coach says, "Take this guy out, show him a good time here. Let's make him go to the school." Is it like that for baseball, or was it just like you just went with your family and then left after the games and or, or the recruiting trip? So, <laughs> I know you always hear the stories about the, the big parties. I, I actually didn't get a big party in Miami. I was very upset. <laughs> Where they had, a, <laughs> they had a scrimmage the next day. So, all the guys being responsible, they, they showed us around town, like everything around Coral Gables. Coral Gables is unbelievable, the cities it's in. But, like, after that, like, we just went up to, we were in a super nice hotel, like, right off the water. We went up and we were just hanging out with all the recruits and some of the some like the seniors that were kind of like designated to us. You know, they never want to be, but coach is like, oh, you yeah, gotta, gotta make them feel welcome. We all know how it is, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty chill. I had a great time. We got to go to the beach. They took us to some steak dinners on the beach. So I mean, it. I wasn't too mad, but. It would have been. It still would have been fun because you know, being a high schooler, you want to see what college is like on your recruiting trips and whatnot. But it was no, exactly. pretty cool, and, and, regardless. Yeah, exactly. And and like uh, like I, I haven't even said this in the podcast yet. I truly believe if I would have went D one, I would have been the designated team guy to show the incoming freshmen around. I would have been the guy to show them <laughs> the party scene, what's going on around the school. And D1 schools missed on that because, like I said, I could have got Brennan Davis to a, a low major D1 if they would have recruited me. I'm telling you, man, I could have got Brennan Davis to committed <laughs> to some shitty school in Montana, D1, just based off my uh, recruiting trip. I'm telling you, I could have got it done. And then let's talk about you getting drafted. Obviously, you get drafted out of high school. You're 18 years old, signed in the second round. A little chunk of change in the bank account, not a big deal. A little verified on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Well, <laughs> how fast was that process for you to see all of that happen at once? You get drafted in the second round you're living the dream you're probably your dms are probably flooded with miami girls all that kind of stuff what kind of <laughs> how fast did that go by when you get drafted and all of this happens at once um 
Yeah, I mean, it, it goes pretty fast. Like, it, it, it was kind of hectic because my high school season finishes, and then I start getting a ton of text messages from all the area scouts asking me to go to their pre-draft workouts and whatnot. And the the teams are the teams are either really smart or really dumb because they all schedule them like on conflicting days. So like you have to pick between what teams you want to go to, and you have to get there yourself. Like the teams can't get you there because it would be a violation if you end up going to college. They can't provide anything for you. Yeah. So I mean, it's a pretty pricey endeavor, and it's like I don't know. You're kind of narrowing it down to what teams are really bought into you. So it's hard. It's a lot of going through it with your with your agent and whatnot. I actually had my senior prom on a Saturday and then a trip to Wrigley for a pre-draft workout that Sunday. So <laughs> that really that really killed me staying up and having a good time with my buddies. I think I was home by eleven. <laughs> oh, you hate time. to see it. You hate but, to see it. You hate to see yeah. it. Everybody's everybody's staying at a resort, like having a good time, doing their prom thing, and I'm home at eleven. <laughs> yeah, it it sucks. I, it sucks for sure. And I feel like they're probably looking back on it now, and they're like, okay, I kind of respect that he kind of gassed prom here because now he's living the dream in the minor leagues and going to be a big leaguer soon. So let's talk about your first year in our your first year in the minors, man. I mean, pretty good numbers. Uh, I believe I believe your team won the championship. Is that correct, South Bend? Yeah, first full season. Yeah, your team first full season. Midwest League, Midwest League Championship. Yeah, it was a good time. So how sober were you at this uh, at this championship, I guess, celebration on a scale of 1 to 10? Was the manager just looking over and being like, Brennan Davis, I better not see a, a Budweiser in that hand. No free ads, but I better not see a Budweiser in that <laughs> hand. What was going on in the locker room, man? Were you, did you have the ski goggles on? Were you popping bottles? What was going on? I mean, we're in the minors, so no, we don't get ski goggles. We just wear it. <laughs> But, yeah, it was my first time popping bottles like that. I was sober, don't worry, but I did get to pop bottles and spray it everywhere. It was really fun. Yeah, and, and let me let me read your stats here because these are what we call in this podcast video game numbers. Like you, And I just want to put on the record, your average in the minor leagues was double, almost double, my average in my JUCO career. So congratulations <laughs> on that. Eight bombs, 30 it. RBIs, 305 batting average. How many, oh, a little four stolen bases. I mean, I'll take that any day of the week. A little 305 average here. Mr. 300, we're going to start calling you. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, let, let, let's go back into the draft, though, because you get drafted. You, you get that big mm-hmm. signing bonus. What was the what was the, the dumbest thing you purchased? What was the dumbest thing Brennan Davis purchased? Was it a, a Louis V belt, something like that? <laughs> oh, I got some dumb stories about my friends, what they bought. But, no, <laughs> that's, not me. that's not me. I, uh, I, uh, I try to, like, I didn't buy a car. I didn't do any of that. I, I think the most I've spent was on a puppy for my mom, but I bought some trips to go see friends in college. So I'm not missing out on anything. Like I kind of lived through my friends, except with the, like, just minus the school part in the off season. I think I went to four colleges. I went to Oklahoma Stanford, LSU, and then obviously ASU and U of A. But, like, I go down there for the weekend, catch a football game, hang out with my buddies, see what every kind of every kind of school is like, what, what I would have 
what I would have been doing in college because I it's the off season. You know, you gotta you gotta find find time for your friends. Make sure you're sane. You can't be focused on baseball all the time. And yeah, I mean, uh, I took a trip to Hawaii this this past December with my buddy Cole Franklin. <laughs> yeah, actually, he's. He, oh, let me hint at this. He is actually the next guest on the podcast. Sportsnet. I'm just announcing it right now. He's the next guest on the podcast, Cole Franklin. But anyways, go yeah. back to the Hawaii story. Yeah, he's my roommate, so uh, give him hell for me. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, man. I got you. Uh, yeah. yeah, Hawaii was awesome. Do you have any funny stories about town. Cole? Do you have any funny stories that you can break about Cole here? Let, let, let's uh, let's get some uh, let's get some inside scoop here on him. <laughs> All right, ask him ask him what uh, the the his first big purchase was with his with his bonus. <laughs> let me give let I me give you wait. a hint. It 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 rhymes with Tucci backsuit. <laughs> oh my god, you're kidding me! No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, what a legend. It, yeah, it, it was pretty cool, but that is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, that is a, that is legendary, but man. He he rocks it. So I mean, you can't you can't hate. You can't I hate that at all. I don't know if I could pull it off like him. You know. You could definitely pull it off, and and yeah. So you you didn't purchase anything stupid. You didn't even get like a, a you didn't even get like a nice Gucci backpack. None of that. No, I actually haven't. I haven't done anything like that. I got a. I got a fake Louis, uh, <laughs> a fake Louis, what's it called? Uh, it's the belt that all the moms wear. Oh, fanny packs. A fake okay. Louis fanny pack in New York for 20 bucks. <laughs> People think it's real, so I just rock it. <laughs> See, my thing on that is you don't even notice the difference, I feel like. I feel like there's just yeah. no difference. So that's why, like I said, I... I, I will always respect the fake Louis wallets, the fake Louis backpacks, whatever. If people, if it's fake, no one's gonna really tell unless you're like studying this shit, right? Yeah, exactly. And Cole Franklin is the kind of guy to realize that it's fake. Oh, really? So, one mean, of those guys. He, call, he called me out first day. I never, Damn. I never tried to flex that it was real, but he was <laughs> like, "Dude, what is this?" I mean, that's legendary. And like, I and I, we got to get both of you on a podcast. Hopefully, in the future, when baseball's back. Um, yeah, you should. I saw, I saw, I saw you guys. I saw you actually on Instagram swinging in the batting cage here. What, how's the swing coming along, man? I mean, you haven't seen live pitching in God knows how long. So, any tweaks you've been making to the swing or anything like that? Yeah, just been kind of trying to fine tune stuff. Not really sure where I like where I need to be at for season wise. You know, like ramping up wise, how many times a week I need to be hitting. But swing feels good right now. I'm just trying to be. Be more consistent, like just little stuff. I'm not trying to make any major changes. Just trying to continue to do what I did last year and just tweak the little things that I can make adjustments to that'll make my game even better. If you need a hitting coach or just someone to help you with tweaks on your swing or anything like that, like I said, those <laughs> who can't do teach, right? I, yeah. I couldn't do it on the Juco level, but I could teach it. I, I could damn teach. Just send it to me. I, I consider you a friend now, Brennan. I, I mean, you you send me a video of you hitting, I'll tell you. But it's not much to change here because we're going to segue that into what what you did last year. I mean, minor league player of the year, maybe the first ever that's hop, that's came on this podcast. I don't know if it's that good. Is minor league player of the year good? How cool was that when you got the call that you're minor league player of the year for a historic, a historic team like the Chicago Cubs? Uh, it was unbelievable. It was like I got a call from one of our high up guys, Jason McLeod, and I was like, "Dang, did I get did I get traded?" 
because you never expect to hear from hear from them like that. And then he's telling me the news, and I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. We were maybe three days before going into playoffs. We had just clenched. Like, we were riding high. I was in a good spot, and it just made my day even better. And just, I don't know, getting the recognition for all the hard work. Because I actually started the year in extended spring training for a month and a half. <laughs> made my way to South Bend and then played well. And then, so just being recognized for all the hard work that I did and I don't know, the production it just felt good. Yeah. We talk about production and is that something, and this is a question that you've probably never been asked before when you, when things are going well for you, like let's say like as in the season you had last year, when you're mashing, when you're just putting pitchers in your back pocket, are you mm-hmm. doing the same thing pregame? Are you like, do you have like a specific pregame routine that you always go through? Like, let's say you eat a banana or go to Starbucks, something like that. Are you doing the same thing every single game when things are going that well? Um, I would. Uh, <laughs> that's tough. It's it's like a little bit of it's a little bit of both, kind of. Like I do the same thing baseball wise. Like I'll take our BP. I'll like look at game film from like the day before or something and then I'll go hit again before the game like I'll do a routine like that like baseball wise but off the baseball field wise I don't know it's it's kind of hard to be like that specific with what you're going to do every day and then if one thing gets messed up in that routine you just are a head case because you feel like you didn't do everything that you needed to that day and all this stuff so I try to stay away from that like that that's too much so that's like like if i'm hitting well and i'm wearing the same pair of socks and i just wash them every day and wear those socks that that's something i might do but like (laughs) same routine like a banana every day or something like that i try to stay away from okay no i respect that because i was a superstitious guy and like i said earlier never worked proof in the pudding <laughs> on the test rot it never worked when you're superstitious i'm sorry and, and 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 there's one thing here that i wanted to mention i'm gonna give a free plug here to a company that i wear a lot you're sponsored by under armor baseball not a big deal so technically i'm sponsored by under armor baseball because we're friends yeah um, what went into you what what went into you signing with under armor baseball like was there other companies in the mix or was under armor did under armor just show interest right off the bat yeah there was a few other companies in the mix and I don't know. I just fell in love with their product. Honestly, they have great stuff. I liked everything that they were doing. I thought their Bryce Harper line of baseball stuff was just super sick and not a lot of people were wearing it. I didn't want to be like everybody else. I respect I respect the difference. I, I really do. I, I I don't respect like people signing with random companies like uh, Asics or whatever the hell that company's called. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing <laughs> it right, but it, the signing yeah. with Under Armour is good. So can, so does that mean like you, can we classify you as maybe the next Bryce Harper? Can we see a a Brennan Davis line coming out soon? Because that would be bananas. <laughs> I'd be the first in line to purchase that. Hey, give me give me a few years and we'll talk about it. There it is. And what, what we're going to do here is I'm just going to specifically wear for this podcast Brennan Davis stuff. So if you want to just ship some Under Armour stuff to Canada, we'll make it okay. happen here to Toronto. All and right. then we'll, then I'll be I'll be rocking Brennan Davis wherever I go. People are going to be thinking I'm you. I'll have to be signing a couple autographs. Let's talk about autographs then because <laughs> when you were the when you were the minor league player of the year, you went to Wrigley Field. You got to mm-hmm. you got to say what's up to the Wrigley faithful, the Cubs faithful, the craziest fans in baseball, may I add. How many yeah. autographs do you think you signed over under? Over under 100 when you were there. Um, I would have to say probably under. Oh, only, okay. only, 
only because that we kind of did our thing on the field. We had our presentation, and then as soon as that was over, we had a suite that we went up to, and that's where we watched the game from. So, like, I wasn't really around people. So it wasn't, like, a great opportunity, and people didn't really want to bug you when you're walking up like that. So I don't so think respectful it respectful fan base. They're a respectful yeah, fan base of the fans. Exactly. Who's the coolest guy that you actually got to interact with on the Cubs? Like, did you get to meet the team, meet the players, maybe chat it up with Bias, say, I'm, take, I'm coming for that ass in a couple of years? <laughs> um yeah i did get to i did get to meet a lot of the guys but i already kind of had met a lot of the guys before um it was actually really cool seeing nico nico up there because he, he's my draft class yeah he's already in the big leagues it's just not <laughs> fair <laughs> no but that's so awesome for him and so happy for him he works so hard and he's such a good player it's just yeah. cool seeing a guy like that up there and we should do this, actually, also, when you get the call to the big leagues. And I usually do this with my guests. When you get the call to the big leagues, I just want to text from you. Just send me the Drake gift saying, let's go. And that, that's the universal signal for I, I'm getting the call to the show. I just want to put down the record for people listening. If, if I get the Drake gift sent to me over text, remind me that this means Brennan Davis is, go, is getting the call to the Cubs. So can, 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 you, can you promise that? Offer that here on the podcast. Yes, I, I, I will do that. There it is. And no, I mean, that, that's why I respect you, to be honest. You're a stay-at-home guy. You're just nasty at the game of baseball. I want to talk about slumps here because we were pumping your tires a lot. I wanted, mm-hmm. to, see, I wanted to get into the mind of Brennan Davis. When Brennan Davis is in a slump, he's kind of, he's kind of struggling. What is your, what, like, what's your routine when you're struggling? Yeah, so like, as I mature as a baseball player, <laughs> you should have saw me my first year. I kind of <laughs> struggled a little bit in the AZL because like straight out of high school, Swing wasn't exactly where I wanted it to be. And then you're yeah. facing absolute flamethrowers from Latin America and whatnot. And all this stuff. Swing was just not there. But, you know, I competed. I ended up hitting 298 in 20 games or whatever. But I was, hitting like, I was hitting like 210, 10 games in. And oh. I was like, jeez. It's like, what am I doing? So I switched my swing about four times and nothing like nothing like good. I was just trying to just get the ball and play however I could. And, you know, I realize now that that probably isn't the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to stick stick with what, you know, got you there. And you just I feel like slumps are a big mental thing. And it could be also mechanical, but you can't change your whole swing. You just got to change bits and pieces of it because that's what makes you worse is trying to adjust to a new something new in the middle of like your season or something. But mentally, you can always make adjustments in what you're looking for and laying off certain pitches and just having better at bats. Yeah, if you can put the ball in play more more times than you think, you'll good things will come from from it. That's why I hate striking out. It's like at the least putting the ball in play. No, yeah, I feel like, um, and if you hate striking out, do not look at my JUCO stats if you if you don't like striking out. Because, I mean, that's that was just it. There's three t- things guaranteed in life, death, taxes, and Johnny Junta striking out in junior college. So that's the three things that were just guaranteed in life. And let's talk about your pregame tunes here, man. I mean, what do you got going on the playlist? Lil Uzi, Drake, what's going on here? What's the pregame playlist like? Oh, um, it differs, you know, different moods. But I, I always like something with a good beat, so 
and the lead Chapa. <laughs> I, I like Anali Chapa too. I really, uh, I, I think he's sick. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just anything with a good beat, anything that gets me going. It really, really varies depending on how I'm feeling. You know, if I'm feeling a little, little rap, maybe a little, maybe a little Drake, maybe a little. There it is. Maybe a little, maybe a little, uh, the baby. <laughs> okay. Your, your legal drinking age here in Canada. I'm going to say that you're, it's 19 here in Canada. So you're just, you're missing the target here. If you would have won the championship with the South Bend or, uh, the, the, the Cubs team last year you were with, you would have been popping bottles been blackout maybe in the dugout if, if you were in Canada, but you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't. So, yes, I know. You weren't though. I respect that. I know. I don't rub it in. Okay. I, it's, I, wait, wait, this is just motivation for you when you get to the show. Cause you're going to be probably 2021 20, when you get to the show, you could do it, man. You and Chris Bryant could just be popping bottles in the Cubs dugout. And yeah. speaking about Chris Bryant, who's that? Yeah, there it is. Who, who's that? Who's that? Uh, who's like the Cubs player that you kind of look up to the most? Um, I mean, you look at Javier Baez and Chris Bryant and all, all those guys like that Rizzo. And you're like, you're still a little starstruck, even though you're you're not, not too far away from you know maybe being a teammate with him or something like that, or playing against him if you get traded. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like it's hard to yeah. contemplate that those are just like almost peers, but they're not. Yeah, I'd have to say Jason Hayward is the guy I look up to the most, just because what he's done with his career, and I mean he's not a he's not. He's not like a superstar, but he gets the job done every time. You know, he's he's been in the league for so long for a reason. You know, he he's one of those guys that like you just it just he's always in he's always doing something in the major leagues. Like he's usually like he won a World Series with the Cubs. Man, he he's a legend now in Chicago, and um, yeah, that's the thing about the Chicago Cubs fans. What and I wanted to ask you this: when you're playing for the Cubs. Do you kind of notice, like, because obviously you have buddies that got drafted, like, elsewhere and all that kind of stuff. Do you kind of notice just mm-hmm. the fans with the Cubs are, like, a little bit different? Just, like, the people reaching out to you, just showing support with you and all that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. All the time. The Cubs fans are the best fans in the game. And especially being in Arizona all the time, you'll have just hundreds of, hundreds of fans just out and about in the course of, like, instructs, you know? Like, throughout Instructs, you'll see so many yeah. different faces just coming out to watch you practice. It's just crazy to think about that people actually care that you're practicing. <laughs> you just you go, to, you go to practice, and you're like, oh, it's just another day. And then these people are, like, making it part of their day to come see you practice because it matters that much to them. Yeah, and we're going to veer away here from baseball with this question. I, this is this might be a roast. I don't know. I don't know if this is a roast, but I, I did some research on your Instagram. I did some research on your Instagram, search your Instagram, and we're going to do – I like gambling. Over, under, how many buttons do you undo when you're wearing a button-up shirt? Because I saw one. I saw a picture. <laughs> I saw one where it was like four or five buttons undone. You were letting the, you were letting the chest blow in the wind. It must have been warm in Arizona. How many buttons do you do down on your shirt? Be honest. Um – I would say probably two, two down. But that picture was <laughs> probably three to four, yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. Is that a golf tournament? I was trying to get a little chest tan, okay? I actually realized that it was uh, unbuttoned way too much in, like, after I looked at the picture, and then we took more pictures and I buttoned it up, but those pictures just turned out better, so, you know. <sighs> you got to weigh the, weigh the losses. <laughs> 
what we do on the podcast. We like to have funny minor league stories, like fans chirping at guys. We've had fan, we've had stories about fans literally climbing the foul pole and taking Snapchats in the middle of a minor league game. I know you've only been in the minors for a year and a half. Do you have any funny stories so far from your minor league experience? Bus breaking down, shitty food, anything like that? Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Oh, I have. So we're in we're in South Bend, right? You know, it doesn't South Bend, Indiana? It doesn't sound like the 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 best place <laughs> yeah. to to <laughs> to be there. So I was an extended first, but the guys that I ended up living with, we we were in uh this like big house. It was like an eight bedroom house. We had eleven guys living there, and when I got to South Bend, I I lived on a pullout couch with like a mattress topper. It was, Kind of rough, but, you know, it's what I had to work with. <laughs> but I was like, what, what is that? And there were just mouse traps everywhere. They said they had caught, like, 13 mice before I got there. I was like, this is disgusting. And then, like, a month later, we had, like, a – like a it was a I – don't, I don't know what it was, but, um, like, it's – what's what's the thing that's not lice but like it still bites you not like, lice uh, but still bites i have no idea cockroaches like no like bed bugs kind of oh, okay we yeah. had like an infestation of bed bugs and it was just so dirty and <laughs> it just made you want to go home so bad but you know minor league grinders that's what we had <laughs> it was not, not fun it, we we just it, we dreaded going home some of these towns you're playing in have like 20 people in there. So what 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 do you do on your off day in the, in the minor league season? Are you you're obviously golfing probably, but are you getting into the video games a little bit? Uh, are you talking about in the minor leagues or in a season or in the off season? In a season, we'll, we'll do both. We'll do a double two part question here. Um, in season, I'm probably playing probably playing video games, or we tried to get down to. Lake Michigan when we had like off day and we weren't all dog tired just to you know go explore a little bit so we didn't just stay in the house all day. I'm a big movie guy too, so I like to watch movies when I have downtime. Uh, in the off season, I'm kind of a, a mouse on, in a hamster ball. I do the same thing every day. <laughs> I I lift in the morning, then I usually go hit in the afternoon. I'll, I might grab food with somebody in between, and I probably hang out with the boys later, or I'm on, I'm on video there games is. or something. Let me give you a description, okay? Because every once in a while, when I'm, when I'm kind of looking, study, studying prospects for guests, I come across profiles, and I'm like, I want this guy on the podcast. I need this guy on the podcast. I DM Brennan Davis, and w- w- within an hour, this guy answers me. That's why I said he's a guy's guy. He's a legend. He's a legend of the official and official podcast. And I wanted to bring up <laughs> – I wanted to bring up your dm so not your dms like right now but after draft day how crazy was your social media like was it just like insane it had to be yeah it was there's a lot of people that you know you you hadn't been friends with for a while or haven't talked to that shoot you a text which is like you like you like to know that they care enough to text you but at the same time i'm like would you have ever talked to me if if this didn't happen (laughs) so i mean it's you really got to know who who the people were like who were there for you before this all happened and 
who just wants a wants a piece of what you got going for your life, you know. So took a while though. Yeah, probably took two days to like filter through everything and like text everybody back and talk to people about it, but it was fun. You know, I mean, I liked it. <laughs> um, where were you when you got drafted, and did you throw a big draft party? Because R.I.P. to social gatherings, we can't have those anymore for a long time. What was that yeah, like? Just describe weird. that for the people what your draft day was like. Um, be honest, I didn't know if I was going to be a first first day guy or second day guy. So, I mean, I was not going to have a party and then not get drafted on the first day. <laughs> so, it was just me, my family, and my my girlfriend at the time. We were not together anymore, but okay. we were just watching the draft because I had some buddies that were getting drafted ahead of me, like Nolan and Libby, guys that I played against, and other some other guys that I knew in the draft. So, cool seeing them and i had some other guys that i knew were gonna get a draft like get drafted around the same time as me so i mean just just being there and watching watching the draft and then i get a call about around in the second round pick probably like 55 my agent was like the cubs wants you at 62 for blah 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 are you are you willing to do that? Are you ready to sign? And I talked to my mom, and I was like, yes, yes, I want to do that. <laughs> so it was a pretty easy decision. <laughs> but, I mean, it was it was tough. There was a lot of thinking that went into it before the draft, but we had, me and my mom had discussed, like, a number and all this stuff and the pros and cons of both, and we just thought pro ball was the best situation for me to develop myself as a baseball player. And, and if you went to school, let's talk about academics here. What would have been your major? What what, what was something that intri- intrigued you? Would you be an accountant? What would you be? <laughs> um, see, didn't have all this thought out. <laughs> but I did like, I do like biology and like being in Miami, it would have been cool to like have a minor in like marine biology or something like that. Just something different. Yeah. With like okay. probably, a ma- probably a major in business, but like just being able to go go explore the ocean like that would kind of interest me and i like space too but there's a lot of math that goes into space and marine biology so i mean yeah, not a math guy i do like math it's just hard <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to also bring up uh what was it called uh, i wanted to bring up the rings from the championship that you guys won. Because oh. if you flexed on your Instagram, and I respect it, it was these rings. The Cubs know how to do it, man, because these rings are insane. People looking, creep Brennan Davis on uh, on his Instagram because these rings are insane. What was your reaction when you pull out that ring out of the box and you and your eyes go blind based off of how icy this ring is? Oh, the ring is sick. It comes in a box that when you open it, it lights up. They just... Andrew Berlin, the owner of the South Bend Cubs, really wanted to make these rings special because it was his first championship in the minors, like owning a team in the minors. And he did a great job. <laughs> they are huge. Do you flex them when you go outside? Are, be, and you can be honest with this. Do you wear them every once in a while just to kind of show people, like, I'm the big dog here, I'm the big dog, and I'm the alpha in the room? <laughs> every once in a while, I'll wear it to, like, my friend's house just to flex on them. Like, people <laughs> people I know, I wouldn't flex on it to other people. But you just wear around a big a big rock like that, and people, they can't really be mad at you because you earned it, you know? 
it's oh, not as it's not as cool as a yeah. World Series ring, but not a lot of people can say they won the you know Midwest League Championship, <laughs> Low A Championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about the Midwest League actually because there's a couple teams that are just hilarious in that league. What's like the weirdest town that you visited? Because you being from the part of the U.S. that you're from. There's obviously, and in your mind, you're like, I would never visit here if I wasn't a baseball player. What was the weirdest town for you? Or, like, what was a funny story you have from a town that you visited? Oh, uh, um, I will say that Clinton, Clinton, Iowa. Yeah. Dude, Iowa we've got that, Bel- like, millions of times on this podcast. Yeah. Beloit, so Wisconsin. I mean, Clinton smells like dog food, and Beloit looks like a high school field. There's nothing like completely weird, but they are the worst minor league fields I've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, and this is the funny story because a couple weeks ago we had a guest on Matt Tavery plays with the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he told us a story and he like he said about Beloit, Beloit, Wisconsin. You said right, Beloit, Wisconsin. Yeah, Beloit, Wisconsin. Dude, we have got Beloit, Wisconsin as the worst minor league city on this podcast like over five times. And the story that I just told you about the drunk fan climbing the mine, like climbing the foul pole in the middle of a game, that happened in Beloit. That was Beloit. That was Beloit, <laughs> Wisconsin. A fan had a bachelor party at, at the minor league game, got so drunk, climbed the pole and right field the foul pole, took a Snapchat and climbed right back down and no one noticed. That's crazy. So, <laughs> When you go there, what what's the hotels like, man? I mean, I've heard, like, blood on the sheets, just roaches. Oh, just man. Beloit, Wisconsin. We stayed in a red roof inn. Oh. And my first bed had bed bugs. So I was disgusted the entire trip. But, it's, you know, it's just tough because, like, the, the club that you're visiting, I think that's the A's. Yeah, they put you up in the hotel. It's not like the Cubs put us there, so they pick the hotel that you stay in. <laughs> and like when you come to South Bend, you're staying in like this nice hotel, the Aloft or something, and it's just like top yeah. notch. It's probably like a four star hotel. And you go to Great Lakes to play the Dodgers. You're staying in like a, a Hilton or something, something right across the field. And you go to Beloit, Beloit, Wisconsin. You're staying in a Red Roof Inn, which is basically a motel. With beds that are like sleeping on cement. I've heard the Dodgers have the best minor league facilities in all of minor league baseball, and the A's have the worst. And uh, and and you just back that up there, technically, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the A's, A's kind of struggling with their minor league facilities. I guess they don't want to put money into their minor league teams. So when when you're in the minor leagues and all that kind of stuff, do you personally see that light at the end of the tunnel? Do you understand that it's a grind and that it's going to suck, but you're going to have to kind of suck it up and battle through it? And is, and is there certain part, parts of you that are like, man, what am I doing staying in this like shitty-ass hotel room and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> I mean, everybody's – that's the beauty of it going through with the team. You can – talk crap with your teammates about like how much how much it sucks being in this hotel and whatnot but in the end we all have the same goal and you know it's just the steps you have to take to get there unless you're nico honer and just can skip it all and just go to the big leagues <laughs> that's insane and, and and the thing about nico that's crazy is right is like he kind of did what jose fernandez did we talked about on the last episode with eric sim um mm-hmm. like jose fernandez went from high a to the show like, he skipped wow. every level, pretty much. He went from high A to the show, which is just insane. Like, just even based yeah, off, of, like, the hitters you're facing. That just doesn't happen. 
<laughs> it, it doesn't. It literally never happens. It literally never happens. And I wanted to ask, I wanted to pump your tires a little bit here, or you could pump your own tires here. I wanted to ask you, what was the furthest home run you have hit in your minor league career? A ball that you just sent into orbit, and you're like, this ball is never coming back. Mm. It was probably against the Lansing Lugnuts in uh, Michigan, yep. the Blue Jays affiliate. Um, I probably hit a, a hanging slider about 415, 420 to the pole side. <laughs> he just hung it up there, and I just oh, took an absolute mammo. Yeah. Other than that, a wall scraper. Wall scraper. You you know what? Wall scrapers, they still count as bombs. It could be 500 or a wall wall scraper. It's still a home run. Did did you pimp the home run a little bit, though? Did you kind of do a little bat drop, a little bat flip? Uh, That's that's not me. I wish it was. I never know if they're going out, even if I get all of it. (laughs) I try not to. I just don't want to look like one of those idiots that pimps it, and then it hits the wall or gets caught on the wall, and you just look like a moron when he could have been on three standing on second so you know exactly and i you're, you're right i mean i just you hit you, like it would honestly be very embarrassing but it would break the internet if you if you hit a home run pimped it and it, and it, the guy backpedals like two steps and catches it i feel like that yeah, exactly exactly like <laughs> until i know that i this ball is leaving the stadium i will not pimp a ball <laughs> i respect that i really do and I really do, and I have a pimp job that I, I brought up to Derek Dietrich. People are going to say, Johnny, always talk about this. I feel like it's a hilarious pimp job that maybe we can incorporate with you because you're going to be a part of the new the new MLB, the new and improved Major League Baseball. You hit a home run, right? You incorporate it with your bat boy, okay? Mm-hmm. And the bat boy's holding the prop. The bat boy brings out a neck brace to the pitcher so his neck doesn't <laughs> snap when he's watching your home run. What do you think about that as a pimp job? I think you get beamed your next at bat. Then, <laughs> <laughs> with, Without a doubt. Without a doubt, and we I, and we have a couple more questions here because you're you're busy. You probably got a golf round to go to here, or something like that, or workout. Get back <laughs> in the gym. But um, who's the best pitcher that you have faced so far in the minor leagues? Who's that one guy that you look at and you're like, this guy owns my ass in the batter's box? Hmm. Um. I would have to say that I did get my door my doors blown off by Shane Bass. <laughs> Shane Boss. Yeah, he he throws high spin rate fastballs, and I just was not catching up to him that day. So it made me look kind of stupid. But I think if I faced him again, it would be a be a better battle. Yeah, see, I, I'm fighting the I'm fighting the good fight actually here. I, I've been trying to get Shane Boss on the podcast. We've tweeted at him. I've had his teammates tweet at him. But he is just he, he. I guess he just thinks he's too big for this thing. And I was and like I said, Brennan. I hope next day B you just launch a baseball in the orbit off him. And I say and I mean that with all respect, Shane. I'm just saying <laughs> we, we we root for guys on this podcast. I'm burner accounts for guys on this podcast. And this is the last question because uh, I wanted to bring this up. You mm-hmm. yesterday were golfing. Describe your golf game here. What what's your golf game look like? What are you shooting? My golf game is very mediocre. <laughs> I started golfing probably like three months ago and the only reason I started golfing was because my stepsister beat me at top golf and I was like this is stupid this should never happen so I took I took three lessons got the basics down and I've just been golfing with my buddies since it's just a fun thing to do kill some time keeps you active gets you out of the house and it's competitive I like how competitive it is no it, it, I, no golf is golf is the funnest sport and I, I think that's like 
and and, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's just the dumbest thing to kind of shut down here during this pandemic because you're not really coming in contact with other people when you're doing it. You're you're pretty far. It's like you're just going for a walk, right? Yeah. So they they make us we're all in our own carts and they raise the the cups or like the pins. So when you putt, it just hits the pin and shoots off like the the cup. So it doesn't go in the hole. So you don't nobody's picking up anything. So you're just playing yeah. your own ball. You're staying away from people. And it's as social distanced as you can get for golf. You know, there's there's no reason for you to be butt up next to somebody because your ball is never going to be next to somebody. Exactly. And, and you, you just you can't take everything away from us, man. I mean, what are we going to do here? I have nothing. I literally am living in hell. I've said this multiple times. My life, I can't gamble. I'm living in hell. <laughs> I don't know what it's like for you. You, I, I literally play in an uncomfortable amount of Fortnite and drink an uncomfortable amount of White Claws. That's all I've been doing, which is definitely not good for my health. So White Claw grind. We've been going on here. Respect it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, there you have it, man. I mean, we have – this was a very special episode, man. It's just, it, it, you're the first Chicago Cubs player we've ever had on this podcast. So it's there's that notch under the belt. That's monumental right there. It's That's future awesome. Chicago Cubs player, third-ranked prospect in the system. Is that good? Top three in the system? I don't know. And – like I said, the first Chicago Cubs player we've ever had on the podcast, he's going to be he's going to be owning the field with Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Brennan Davis. That's the that's the Mount Rushmore of players in the Chicago Cubs in the, in the next couple of years. It was a pleasure <laughs> to have you on, man. I really appreciate you doing this, dude. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.